when when that bird hit the hit the, the uh, bonnet, I, I we had like a flimsy blind. I knocked that blind over. <laughs> I, was, I jumped out of there so fast. <laughs> I can still remember that. We were actually in an apple orchard that, that was adjacent to a to a, a plowed field, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I saw the bird coming and just flipped the pigeon and it came in and and uh, that was the first one. And that was like. I was scratching my head because after I got gone, because I trapped it probably late September, early October, and like I said, I was at the Bath of Beat in November and hunting before that, you know, way before that. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, what are you talking about? This bird's just like a red tail. <laughs> <laughs> and here shortly, you all will be finding out exactly which species Bon is referring to whenever we rehash the rest of that story here later in the podcast. But here in the meantime, I want to go ahead and remind everyone that no matter what species that you are flying, you really can't go wrong with having the most carefully engineered and reliable tracking system available made by Marshall Radio Telemetry for that extra little safety valve to help get your bird back in those worst of situations that we all experience from time to time as falconers and thank you again Marshall for helping us bring new content to our listeners each and every week. That being said I also hope that you enjoyed the new intro music this week which is also brought to you by Bon and his band Soften the Glare who are good friends of mine as well and whose music is pretty amazing so you really need to check them out if you haven't yet but in the meantime let's just go right into this podcast with Bond and I hope you all enjoy all righty three two and one and Mr. Bon Lazaga. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. How's it going, man? Good. Yeah. Trying, trying to wake up here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, late night bar gigs and uh, and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. then trying to squeeze a podcast in the next morning before you got to leave your hotel. That's always... Uh, it can be a little shady, there I guess. You go. Yeah, but mm. uh, it it's the life that that we lead, right? As both uh, falconers and musicians. Yes, my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> really wouldn't uh, have it uh, really any other way, though, right? Right. You got yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So a lot of people don't know this. Um, I'll just start off kind of with this little story, but. Um, I've, I've told this story to some people, but, um, a lot of the guys that don't know me personally don't really know how I got into falconry and stuff. And, uh, ironically enough, um, working with, uh, with Ryan and becoming friends with him for everybody. I'm referring to, uh, Ryan Martini, the, uh, the bass player from, uh, from Mudvayne and, and, you know, he's, a um, a fellow Warwick, uh, artist and he and I both endorse the same, um, bass guitar company. And, uh, so I became friends with Ryan and, uh, he started getting into this, into this project, um, with, uh, this other guitar player named Bon <laughs> and, uh, Bon also happens to be a famous guitar player, which is like the, the sister, um, music company, uh, to Warwick, you know, for guitars and stuff. So I was doing a, a project with Ryan and, um, you know, we were, um, just kind of going over some stuff one day and then, you know, kind of by extension, he was doing stuff with Bon and, and I got to, um, long story short, get to mix and do some stuff with a couple of, uh, songs that they were doing. So one day I was, uh, I was just talking to Ryan casually on the phone and he's just like, yeah, so, uh, so Bon, he's going to uh, take me out hunting with him, you know, here in a, here in a few days. And, uh, 
yeah, he's going to fly as Peregrine and, and we're going to, you know, go hunt some, some birds and stuff. And I was just like, yeah, cool. And click and, you know, whatever hung up. And then about an hour later, I just remember sitting in my living room watching TV and just thinking to myself, did he say that he was going to go hunting with, with peregrines? Like what? <laughs> and so I, my, I <laughs> curiosity, you know, for better or for worse, got, got the, uh, the best of me. And I remember calling Ryan back at a later time, whenever we had to uh, kind of go over some, some mix edits and stuff. And, and I was just like, man, you know, the other day you mentioned that you were going out with Bond and, and doing some hunting with, with falcons and peregrines. And, you know, I was like, what, what is that? What do you, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? You know? So, and, uh, so he kind of, you know, started getting into it some, and I was just like, man, my interest was really peaked. And so I was just like, man, can you, uh, next time you talk to bond, just, mm-hmm. just have him call me. Cause you know, I, I want to ask him some questions about this and stuff. So, so then we had maybe about what a half hour to an hour long conversation, right? You know, something, right. something like that. And then you kind of told me a little bit about what goes into it. And I started doing research into it. And that is, is what I always credit, um, you know, me getting into the initial interest in, mm-hmm. in the sport and stuff. Uh, so, you know, a little bit of, well, probably most, mostly worthless trivia there, but but everybody's got a story and that's mine. So, um, and what's what what's uh, I mean, I, I know you've been doing this since you know the dawn of dawn yeah, of time since <laughs> I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what uh, what what got your initial interest it's, when you were a kid? Everybody always asks that, and, and it, there was really no big thing uh, that got me into it. It was always I always had an interest in birds, mm-hmm. and then I gravitated towards raptors and then started reading about raptors and hawks and owls and had a real big interest and in, 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 uh, would always grab every book I could in high school and and, uh, and then you know then I started seeing birds out in the wild and one day I had my brother go get a red tail out of a nest <laughs> <laughs> so that's, as a kid yeah that's, and that's it, so ha- it happened to be a brancher so it was a really high nest and, and it happened to be a brancher and he was able to to toss it out and it kind of made its way down without injuring itself and that was that was kind of my start right falconry because i i was still in high school didn't know if about any kind of regulations didn't know if you know really that much about it you mm-hmm. know in those days that well, you didn't have access to information like you do mm-hmm. now well and that's that's so, why that's why israel and i love love talking to yeah. to a lot of you guys that that were involved in it all before there were any any official anything yeah you know um whenever it was still in its infancy here in, in our country and yeah. everything so it, it was already going strong because at that point i, I was living in, in new jersey and of course american falcon started in philadelphia mm-hmm. you know started out in, in pennsylvania and so there was a lot of old timers still there but you didn't have the communication you know abilities that you do now or ways to to find people you know you'd even know about people so when i first started everything was going to the library, going to the library, seeing what books there were on Falconry. And of course, all the books were English books. Right. You know, where, it was, where people hunting goshawks, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was slightly different though. I mean, people were just starting starting to get into red tails right. at, at that point. So it was uh, it was hard to find any information also. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 funny. That's, that's another aspect of Falconry that I think that um, a lot of guys in our country take for granted. It's like, mm-hmm. You know, obviously, you know, over in the UK and parts of Europe, and I mean, they don't have 
red tails over there yeah. except for their that are bred and everything and and that's that's it's it's something that we take for granted because that's like every, yeah. almost everybody's like one of their first birds yeah. and we just can go trap one and and, yeah. and everything and and that's like a, a type of falconry that a lot of the european guys would like kill to do but mm-hmm. you know we but we kind of you know it's just take, it's yeah. kind of become our norm here you yeah know, so but we've got great falconry here this, this mm-hmm. is the you know the best place for falconry i mean you have access to to a lot of birds you have access to a lot of great falconers you have access to property where you can hunt you can do all different kinds of things you know mm-hmm. and in other places you're just you're limited yeah you know? yeah for sure well and you know i mean other parts of the world obviously they can only buy captive bred birds mm-hmm. they can't even get birds from the wild and all that stuff and um but i mean when we were, when we were at the uh, at the show last night and everything uh so we were we were talking kind of afterwards for a little bit and um you know, one of the things I found interesting that you were talking about in your conversation was like the the stark difference with, um, you know, like a lot of the the different types of you know the peregrines and the mm. you know just how how different you know um, the the species is mm-hmm. now compared to you know back then before all the DDT stuff and you know yeah. a lot a lot of the you know a lot, a, how that species is has, has changed. Yeah, so the east much, still, you know, being from the east coast, the eastern anatom is gone. You yeah. know, that whole bird that was that race is 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 gone so everything that's breeding there now are all mishmash birds you know they're mm-hmm. all originated from from birds that falconers produced and and so they're part anatom and part this and part that and so it's not it's not the same kind of bird that that people had access to i mean even in jersey where i lived uh, people were were getting birds in uh, you know on, at the delaware water gap in in, in pennsylvania they were getting them off rigid bridges out in pennsylvania Mm. yeah no i mean it's uh it's it's just interesting that um you know that 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 there's been i mean really when you think about it the the time difference i mean it's it's been a relatively short amount of time Mm -hmm. you know historically Mm -hmm. for for such large changes you know in 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 that kind of species and everything to, to happen and uh yeah, well, obviously, for for better or for worse, it it did happen. Yeah. You know, but uh, but I mean, what 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 differences? Like, I mean, as far as size and and um, you know, hunting ability and like like as far as you know the, the those types of birds that that aren't really around anymore. Like, what what was? Well, they used to get really big anatoms on, mm-hmm. on the East Coast. Uh, you know, hearing stories from the old timers, but about uh, grabbing birds off those iries and. And raising them, the, the difference, one of the big differences is, though, is back then people didn't know how to raise ISs. You know, mm-hmm. they they didn't have no, a lot of the stuff was on bad game. You know, it really wasn't in, in hunting situations like we have now. Mm-hmm. So that that's, and to watch that progress from something into a, where people are have, are finding game and able to fly large falcons on the, um, on the East Coast is, you know, was pretty, it did happen fast comparatively. And, um, it, it kind of happened in my heyday when I first started, you know, I used to go to those, those Pennsylvania meets, which would have hundreds of guys there. And all the old timers were just, were still flying, um, Falcons and they love flying Falcons, but they were all using bad game. And then, the, you know, the young upstarts started coming up and hunting ducks and doing pheasants and doing stuff that everybody said couldn't be done. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's kind of funny. That's that's kind of the theme in falconry, right? Nothing, yeah. nothing can be done until it's done. Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden, everybody wants to do it. Then afterwards, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like the, uh, 
like the NFL and football and stuff. It's yeah. like a, it's a copycat league, you know, it's yeah. <laughs> like nothing, nothing can be done. And then somebody sees it done and then everybody yeah. wants to be able to do it that yeah. way. And then they, they're trying to, to figure out how that person did it or they just, you know, yeah. you know, if the person's nice enough, they show them how or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, well, you know, when I first started, I used to look at all the old pictures, even all the old NASA pictures, you see people with, um, you know, Cooper's Hawks that, and, um, Peregrine's and, and when you know when I came up, the it was just the end of the the DDT phenomenon. So there was no Cooper's Hawks mm-hmm. in in the '70s. You know when when I lived in Jersey, and um, and now they're all over the place. You know, yeah. And and but now you also have you know people are flying Barbary Falcons and they're flying mm-hmm. Red Napes and they're, and they're flying hybrids and the you know they have access to so many other birds. You know, right. Uh, Apple mottos, you know, that was unheard of, you know. Right. Even Harris Hawks. I can't remember when Harris Hawks started. Yeah. You know, well, now now it's a common thing of everybody. There's so many people have done different aspects of it, and, and it, you can get to the knowledge about it now, so everybody knows about it. Yeah. I mean, know? it's just it's a click away. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And which is which is both a blessing and a curse <laughs> in in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know? But. Uh, but I mean, obviously, nothing can can replace somebody being there, you know, with right. you to help you and show yeah. you the way and, mm-hmm. and all that. But um, well, that's see, we're forced to do that when when I first started. So that right. it's it's yeah, it's a little different in, in that aspect. And that was that's really a, what was is a great thing about it is that, you know being out with other people, you know, yeah. do, that have a certain amount of experience or can show you things that you've never seen before. Or, you know, didn't even realize it was. Were, those kind of things were going on, you know. Right. Well, and and and, and hopefully you're you're able to like them and have fun while you're <laughs> with them while while you're doing yeah. it too, because I mean otherwise there's no point. Yeah. You know? But uh, so yeah, I mean we were talking some last night too about you know the whole you know the being almost being able to buy things out of you know I mean, oh, we, in the we, back of magazines, yeah the back of magazines and all days. that type of stuff. Yeah. I mean, we've had a, we've had other you know podcasts with a lot of you know some of the older guys. Mm-hmm. Too, it's all. It's all the same thing. It's just like heck back then. You, you know, you could just get in a magazine and just yeah. order pretty much anything, and then you yeah. know, x amount of days later, you'd have his <laughs> birds show yeah, up. Yeah, Bonelli's eagle. You know, yeah. just all kinds of weird raptors. But it, you know, in Jersey, it, it kind of started with um, with a guy that had a Harris hawk. Mm-hmm. He got an exotic species permit, and he was one of the first guys that everybody started hearing about. And um, yeah, you, people had access to exotic birds, and that's that's how a lot of people got in. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you, so obviously you, you grew up in Jersey, and then you know you're you're in the North Carolina area, mm-hmm. you know, right now and right. everything. But I mean, we we've had the conversation before, but but uh, I mean, what did you like starting off with and flying more when you were younger as opposed to as to now? Well, everybody, I mean, that, that starts off with red tails, and mm-hmm. it's a great bird because it's it's real hardy and it, you can actually fly it and go catch stuff and, right. and it, you can learn a lot from it because uh, those birds are so accessible mm-hmm. so it, i started off with with red tails and sort of just did um you know did the rabbit hawking thing and the squirrel hawking thing and and then i started delving into other birds and then i found i had a real soft spot as far as hawks go for cooper's hawks which mm-hmm. is kind of weird and, and then the first cooper's hawk i ever got was was like a a super tame non-problematic <laughs> bird so i thought everybody was was full of crap about cooper's <laughs> hawk anyway it was just like a red tail it was unbelievable the bird was 
you know, would sit anywhere. I mean, it tolerated everything. I took it to, to NAFA meets twice. And this is a passage bird. Passage bird. It's crazy. And it just, and then I started, I just started having success with it right away. And mm-hmm. I thought people, you know, it never had any feather damage. It just took care of itself. And, mm-hmm. and, um, but then I went through a, a boatload of other ones and saw yeah. different aspects of the Cooper Sox. So in the, in the hawk world, I still love Cooper Sox. Yeah. Know, I really do. And then in the, in the Falcon world, you know, I started off with, with a hybrid, you know, because that, uh, that's what was available back in those days. Yeah. It was a Peregrine Prairie Tiersel. And um, started off with that and found a way to hunt that in New Jersey on feral pigeons. And, and that was my main quarry uh, back then. And so now I'm flying uh, Passage Peregrines. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of where my head's at these days. Cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of going back to the whole Cooper's Hawk thing, because I, because mm-hmm. I remember whenever I, I tried that one, you know, a, a year or two ago, mm-hmm. or whenever it was, um, you know, I just remember thinking, like, man, you know, it, it initially, like that first week that I had that bird, it was manning down pretty good mm-hmm. and and everything. It, it, but I don't know. It seems like there's this window with them, mm-hmm. you know. And and I know you're one of the guys that that gave me the the advice that, you know get out with them as soon as you can, mm-hmm. you know, and just start, start, you know, catching game with them and everything the sooner, the better, you know? And I mean, what, what approach, you know, do you think kind of helped you have success with some of those passage coops as opposed to, you know, some of like, you know, did you use, yeah. pre- did you use a pretty consistent, you know, method in trying to train no, them to get out with them? Just, or? I, it's, it, you know, the, the success that I've had with a lot of birds is just, it's the birds. Right. You know, it's and it's actually, you know, being naive about a lot of things and, and uh, thinking that it's just going to go well and that that kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. and and I just wound up catching the right the right birds. So because they're, they're all different. Mm-hmm. So the I've had some that were out, you know, within two weeks going out trapping mm-hmm. a passage bird and actually going out and and um, but they're all they're all different. So you have to adapt to mm-hmm. to. Uh, you know, to to each bird, and I, I don't think it's really a technique more than my demeanor with with birds, which I think a lot of birds just understand I'm not a threat. You yeah. know, so that they get more relaxed and and I guess the way they I handle them, it's not really about about training because training is is pretty basic. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you it's like training a red tails. You, you know. Yeah, and that's that's the one. So, and, and ironically enough, that's the one little tidbit of just overall training mm-hmm. whatever with you know just it, w- with anybody that's flown them it seems like that's the one common denominator mm-hmm. with passage coops is that they almost everybody says initially you kind of train them like a passage red tail mm-hmm. like a really small passage red tail and and so that in and of itself can be can mean a few different things to yeah to, whoever depending to on who to different, to, to, to different yeah, guys that's, so. that's a problem with that yeah Everybody asked me about uh, Peregr- uh, passage peregrines too, and I said the same thing. You train, you train, start off training like a red tail, you mm-hmm. know. But then there's there's other things that happen afterwards. You know, you, mm-hmm. know, you kind of have to be around it and see it, and then go through it mm-hmm. and, and to understand it. To, to, and of course, again, all the birds are individuals, so you'll have some that really click and and some that don't. You yeah. Know? And I've just been lucky enough to be in places where I, where I I think one of the things is I have the game for birds and. And, you know, that's, that's how that Cooper's wound up being good. You know, I trapped her and went out to NAFA that, that 
November was and caught quail, was flying quail with her, mm. with other people's dogs and groups of people. Yeah, <laughs> out there. So, so that tells you how exceptional you know that that the mindset of that bird was. You know. Well, and out of curiosity, where did you trap that bird? Did you trap it more in a city environment or more of a no, country? No, yeah, but in Jersey, everything's well. It's not city, but and it's called the you know the Garden State for a reason. There are a lot of big farms that used to be out there in the. But was it used and, to seeing people like you think? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it could just could have been. All I know is when when it when when that bird hit the hit the uh, bonnet. I I've, we had like a flimsy blind. I knocked that blind over. <laughs> I, was, I jumped out of there so fast. <laughs> I can still remember that. We were actually in an apple orchard that, that was adjacent to a to a, a plowed field, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw the bird coming and just flipped the pigeon, and it came in and. And uh, that was the first one, and that was like I, I was scratching my head because after I got gone, because I trapped it probably late September, early October, and like I said, I was at the Daffa Beat in November and hunting before that, you know, way before that. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, "What is everybody talking about? This bird's just like a red tail." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but soon to find out. I've yeah. had others that wouldn't eat, you yeah. know, others that would lunge at your face, passage yeah. birds that you know you take the hood off and they just they're they're going after you and. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, it's uh, they are by far and away, I still think the um, the kind of uh, I don't know, the the anomaly of the bird world, mm-hmm. because nobody's figured out that particular. I mean, granted, obviously, like you said, and I wholeheartedly agree mm-hmm. that every bird's different and mm-hmm. it just depends on the bird. But like there's kind of a recipe for training yeah. a red tail. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anybody really has figured out, you know, tr- like some guys obviously have a lot more success with certain types yeah. of birds than others, but I've, I've not heard one quote unquote recipe yet for training yeah. a passage coop. Coops. You know, it yeah. just seems well, like they used to think it couldn't be done. Yeah. You know? Well, and now you see tons of people have done it. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of the same thing with, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you, the, that, that now still to this day is kind of like owls and, and, yeah. uh, and well, red, yeah, red right. shoulders and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's, it's there's there's I th- I don't know if there's ever not going to be like a species where at least one person thinks that it can't be it can't be done it can't like, be done <laughs> right. certain, it can't be done a certain way or, or yeah. whatever but uh, yeah. but yeah so no I mean that's so I mean you I know you've had Harris's and you've had you've had you've flown pretty much most of the species I mean for the yeah, most except part except for goshawks yeah yeah because yeah. I I gravitated towards the Cooper's hawks for what I was doing because they were smaller when even hunting cottontails I used to go out with a good friend of mine from up in New Jersey and he would have he had a uh, um, male goshawk and I had the female goshawk we would hunt the same areas Mm -hmm. you know and and we would pick you know industrial parks or or spaces that just were grassy you know that you could actually see all the flight and and I had a bunch of places like that and he would come down from their Jersey and so it was interesting to see the two different birds you know how they handled um, rabbits, because this was a male again, you know. Uh-huh. A lot of people said, "Oh, you can't get a male goshawk going on on rabbits," and of course he did. You know, I've got. I mean, I've, I, I, I hunt, I'm, I've been hunting weekends with at least yeah. two guys right now that are doing that very thing. Yeah. You know, so it's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just like that's I said, the funny it's a, thing in Falker. There's a lot of hearsay going yeah. on. <laughs> always, always so has been, and to, always will be. So you have to, you know, kind of see it for yourself, and 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 uh, you know, of course, there's a, you know, there's a there's a lot of things that are true you know like you know it's, it's 
if you have the bigger ducks, it's better to get a bigger falcon, well, you sure. know, than the tear something, and those kind of things. And but in the long run, people are doing all different kinds of things now. You know, yeah. they're, they're doing way things out of the box now. You know. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's always going to be those very rare exceptions yeah. to the rule. Mm-hmm. Every so often, you're going to have a fluke, and you're going to yeah. be able to catch a, a coyote with a male Harris hawk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. or you're going to, you know, you're going to be able to, um, you, you just snag this, you know, a, a, a prey species that is so much larger than yeah. what you're hunting with. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean it's the way you should do it. And it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean it's your best option either. Right. But you know it's sometimes weird things happen but you know i mean there's yeah there's 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 definitely those 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 um unwritten rules that you can also label as common sense Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah or it should be common sense anyway that uh that some guys you know still that for whatever reason some 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 people still don't figure out very well but (laughs) but but, you know for for whatever reason we're we're a stubborn bunch and and can kind of be our own worst enemy in some ways too with that but uh yeah but yeah so i mean but it kind of goes without saying though that um at least with this stage of your life and everything though the long wings are pretty much it for you for the most part right i mean that's that's what you're into and that's kind of the last talk i had actually was uh probably about six or seven years ago and it was a it was a Cooper's hawk. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to catch, you know, catch ducks with it, and, and I, I wound up um, going out and finally getting a, a black duck with with my bird. And I mean, she was already catching a bunch of small birds, and but she just switched as soon as I showed her first duck, she was off, and that was it. Yeah. So I can't remember. I mean, I did you? I mean, you you've imprinted some some coops too. Yeah. This, that, this was an imprint. Oh, it was. Okay. Yeah, this was yeah. a stone imprint female. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it, was the, it was a North Carolina bird. I actually wanted a, a male because I just wanted to do small birds, and a group of us wound up going to a couple different nests, and and um, my bird was was uh, so young you couldn't tell what it was yet. Sure. And yeah. so I, I took it back, and I kept praying it was you know, be a fe- a male, and it wanted to be a female. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, it's it's so weird because I mean, when when they're that, I mean. Up until they're almost three weeks old, it seems like. I mean, it's it's yeah. kind of a roll of the dice anyway. Yeah. I mean, you can sit there and compare size and yeah. and you know the width of the you know, size of the feet and the yeah. tarsi and all that kind of. I mean, you can and the size of the head, and shape <laughs> of the head, and all that, and basically you might as well just flip a coin yeah. <laughs> until a, until a certain certain age with yeah, until they hit a certain age. Yeah. So that was the second time that happened to me. I, I got my first is Cooper's, Cooper's hawk from Virginia. I got a out-of-state permit back then and, and went down with some Virginia falconers and yeah, there was two of us looking for Cooper's hawks and then the one guy got his and it, they, they were older and then we went to the second nest um, and it was the same deal it was like you know less than a week old chick and my option was to take that back or you know, go home with nothing. So I took that back, and I wanted a female at that point. I, 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 he wanted to be a male. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. he was so it was kind of fun. I, I I just switched up and went to sparrows, you know, and 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 smaller stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, do you think that overall, though, you you kind of tend to gravitate or like, um, you know, passage birds more than more than imprints, or do you, or is well, it just? Well, it, it's. Uh, I've only had a handful of imprints. You know when. I first started getting the falcons that you know i had a hybrid some peregrines and they all i liked them all you know but but passage birds are 
they're kind of clean because you you know you don't have to mess with them until the fall when you try to get them so you're not mm. dealing with something over the uh over the summertime you know I, right. I said i'd never raise another infant when i flew that last cooper's hawk because i was i was out in the field flying that bird during the summer mm. you know and it was in North Carolina. It's hot, yeah, <laughs> and it's buggy. Um, yeah, <laughs> so. it's huge. You're, you're you're preaching to the choir there, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, so I've I've helped like, I've helped multiple buddies now in her in her goshawks mm-hmm. in in the middle of July and yeah. August, and and you know at, at that point you're almost just just hoping you know that something comes along and just ends it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just you know you're waiting through yeah. these you know these uh, you know these ten to 12 foot you know, cattails and yeah. stuff and ditches just trying to bump a yeah. bunny up and, and you're just like it's just somebody just kill me just just kill me now <laughs> yeah the it's... problem is see you can't stop you can't stop the you know the the bird maturing and, and you're gonna have lessons. problems if you do yeah, you just got to keep you got to keep going so it's a really big commitment taking yep. taking an ice bird yeah yeah it's mm. it's uh yeah i uh <laughs> so i like the passage birds you know you you can um you can let them go, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, if they don't work out. And I, I, <laughs> I, I do, uh, I enjoy Merlins a lot too. So, mm-hmm. and you grab a passage, passage Merlin, get it going, and and you can just release it, you know, at the end of the end of the season. Yeah, you don't have to worry about uh, feather damage, you know, during the molt or, um, you know, taking care of it, and not being able to go anywhere, that kind of thing. Although I, I, I've got birds so i can't go anywhere anyway (laughs) without you know i don't go on vacations i I go on small tour runs (laughs) yeah right yeah i mean well i'm and that's the thing too is you've (laughs) you you, uh you i mean you were already you'd already been doing this in music both whenever you know you met your your wife Wife, and everything and and um and as you so aptly put it to me one time, it's like, man, she's got this crap down to a fine art now. It's just like, you know, I, my, she, she knows exactly what to do when oh, I leave. Yeah. So like, I don't even have to tell her anymore to feed, you oh, know, yeah. drop, drop this, this, this food to this bird and whatever. It's yeah. like, so, I mean, that's, that's kind of nice. Hey everyone, hope you've been enjoying the episode so far. Just wanted to give you guys a quick update on things as far as the, uh, porting over to other platforms. Um, the good news is, is we are actually being reviewed as we speak with Apple Podcasts and some of the other platforms. Uh, We're probably going to have to go back in pretty soon and make some edits to some of the music with earlier episodes and things like that. But as far as our actual podcast, uh, everything's being reviewed as we speak, and hopefully sooner rather than later, everything will be officially live. So all the content is caught up. It's all up to date. It's just a matter of uh, waiting on them to approve everything at this point. So that's where we're at. Thank you again for your patience with everything, and we're really excited to finally be able to make our podcast available on all the other platforms so um just wanted to give you all the update on that and also wanted to say thank you again to marshall radio for joining us on this adventure that we've embarked on and if there's anyone else out there that would like to jump on board with us and help us bring content to the world don't hesitate to hit us up we'd love to talk to you and as always thank you all for listening and uh, we'll get back to pawn yeah so so kind of going back you you just briefly mentioned the the merlins and stuff and that's something that i'm really hoping to to get into for the first time this Mm -hmm. fall myself but uh i mean you you've flown several and you if i remember correctly you like doing like uh 
like Jack Merlin's and ditches yeah. and, you know, on like kind of the waiting yeah, on like, over sparrows like and Jack stuff. Jack Merlin's waiting on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I flew females in, in, uh, New Jersey and did the whole dairy farm starling thing, you know, balling mm. up and, yeah. and just knocking out starlings. But, uh, when I came here uh, to North Carolina, I, I, I started, uh, switching it up and I, and I wound up, um, trying Jack's and, and, and I really like Jack's and, one of my big goals now is to is to catch some snipe with with a jack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got I had huge numbers of snipe last year. So, and they were in places where I wouldn't wouldn't fly the peregrine, and um, I would love to try the try the a uh, jack Merlin on those things. Well, what, what makes just because those... of waiting on they you know they wait on. Yeah, I got you. And then and where I'm at, I mean, it's, it's the, the snipe come back to the same fields, you know, all the time. And, and if you bump one, you know, there's, you know, there's a boatload in there, mm-hmm. you know, so you can get your bird to wait on and, and then start working them. Nice. Nice. Well, yeah. I mean, what, as far as the, the differences in, in, in training, you know, the birds to the starlings versus, you know, the, the waiting on ditch deal with sparrows mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, uh, is, is, did you find that there was a that there was you know a large disparity between how you how you trained those birds or yeah or with just... the you know with the starling bit it wasn't really that much training I, I would yeah. take the bird out and just set it on the fence post <laughs> yeah, and just, just let it fly and then you know let it preen and do its thing and yeah. you know uh, and then watch the show yeah you know <laughs> right it, it went, so I was lucky enough to to be in places where everything just took place right in front of you there so mm. you would either pick her up on a starling or she would cash a starling and then you'd go get another one, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And then end the day with her coming to your, you know, your fist or picking her up off the ground off a starling. And so that was, that wasn't much to that other than showing her the game. And then with the, uh, the ditch hawking, you're, you're a little more interactive with your bird. That's why I like it. You right. Know, your, bird, your bird's waiting up above you. He's, he's waiting to see what you're going to do. And, and, um, it takes a little more, but if you have the the spots for it, they just the the, the males tiercels naturally start to wait on, you yeah, know, and, and be above you. So it's it's a really it's fun for me. Yeah, know? yeah. Well, I mean, I I can I can only imagine. Like it seemed like that would definitely be the the much more fun way to go if you have areas that have you know large populations mm-hmm. of, of sparrows or other really small birds that especially you can even trap and, and use to, mm-hmm. to train, yeah. you know, with those, with those types of, um, with, you know, birds and stuff too. I mean, is that, is that kind of how you did it? So basically like, you know, you trap some sparrows or, or did you, yeah. even, or did you even have to, to eat? No, I used a couple of English sparrows as, as baggies and then just went yeah. out and then yeah. just kind of, you know, just started, uh, you know, in the initial stages, you just kind of call the bird over and start flushing birds. And, mm-hmm. and then eventually once it sees you're you're kicking up birds, they, they yeah. start to just wait on. It's yeah. just uh, yeah. So it's kind I've of, seen females do the same thing. I've seen females wait on down, you know, out there too. So yeah. Uh, so in other words, it's really not a whole lot different than getting a learning a had trying to teach a red tail learn how to follow you through trees yeah, and exactly, everything else. Yeah. So it's kind of the same deal. You yeah. just got to kick game up for it, and then you know it just kind of learns yeah, on it puts its own. It, puts it together. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's that's cool. Like I said, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm it's that's definitely like my next my next big goal you know in in falconry and stuff is um you know aside from getting you know trying to get this this prairie to prairie to to catch something yeah but uh but yeah i mean micro falconry is kind of cool because it's it's um you know the birds are they're not taking up any space it's just it's 
I don't know. For some reason, it seems a lot less hassle. Well, it is. You know, it's because it is. I mean, <laughs> like, like that's that's the reason why I love having kestrels. Yeah, they um, fit in the car nicely. Okay, you know, yeah. there's all kinds of things you don't have to worry about. You know, that, like, is do you have enough room for that falcon in the back and this and that? Well, and and once yeah. you once you learn their weight management and you know their the metabolic rates and and um, you know keeping them in the house mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff with you, all that kind of stuff, it all it all just I don't know. It, for me, it's just a lot more enjoyable because mm-hmm. I get the interaction with the bird while I'm I'm not hunting, yeah. as opposed to you know like a, a bigger hog. Obviously, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep a red tail in the, in, mm-hmm. the, in the house, you know, and yeah. whatever. So I mean, you're getting you're getting that interaction and that um, enjoyability mm-hmm. factor, you know, when and the times when you're not hunting too. Yeah. Which is a big reason why I love having kestrels around. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So anyway, like so kind of. You know, we, 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 you and I have talked several times, obviously outside of all this about falconry and everything, but, uh, you know, I mean, what, what a large, large, you know, I don't know, I want to say a large population, but a, a large group of our community probably doesn't realize is that, you know, you've been playing guitar for forever and, you know, you've been, you've been doing that about pretty much as long as, as falconry and, yeah. and, um, you yeah, know, I pretty, mean, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, so, and, and you've gotten, you know, to play with a lot of, of pretty, you know, well-known, well-known guys in the industry and stuff too. And I mean, I mean, it's, um, I, I always like hearing people's stories about how they fall into that and stuff too. You know? (laughs) So, I mean, it's just like, you know, there's, there's lots of, we were talking last night. There's, there's seems like there's so many falconers that are artists, musicians and everything else. It's just cause it's all, it's all art, you know, falconry is an art, just like everything else and stuff. But how did you fall? How did you how did you start playing guitar? I mean, that's the same. Well, my father was musical, and his his whole family is is musical. So me and my brother wound up being musicians, mm-hmm. you know. And um, you know, I had bands during high school and all that. So it was that's how it started out. But it it's funny enough. It is it's it, I think it, the same way that I dealt with Cooper's hawks and other birds through naivete is how I got into the uh, music business. Too. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just started talking to people I was you know thinking that, that was that good enough to go do that and hang with these guys and and I started meeting all kinds of people and then and uh, and then actually started getting gigs with yeah. some of the bands so that was you know how long how long had you been uh playing before you got your first I don't know what you would maybe consider your significant gig uh well probably so I was I was I was 21 22 when I started recording albums Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was over in London. This was for Virgin Records, and so, and so I started probably playing, you know, like everybody around thirteen, yeah. you know. And I got that gig through a demo tape from uh, my high school band. My brother was on drums, but we were writing already, which was kind of weird. Yeah. And uh, so I sent uh, a couple of people my, our own music. It was me and my my brother who played drums and a bass player who's now a DJ up up, up in the Eastern Shore, and. Um, Sent those sent those out and, and got responses, which is pretty incredible. Because nowadays you, you know, <laughs> it just gets tossed in the trash. It gets tossed in the trash. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you got to so, have like a person that takes it to a person that takes yeah. it to a person to even, yeah. you know, and and even then it's really questionable as to yeah. whether it's going to even, you know, blossom into anything. Yeah. And if it does, you're still not going to make any money. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, but so, uh, so in those days, you know, I went to Europe quite a bit, and that was. 
it was always fun seeing the raptors there that's what i was always into and, and see <laughs> if i could see hares and you know out in, out in the and out in the plowed fields and stuff mm -hmm. like that so it was it was kind of cool and um i actually bought uh, two pair of binoculars over there you know lights for the binoculars um while i was in tour in, in europe at one point you know out in germany mm -hmm. so well germany's where you were where you were initially born, born, yeah, born and raised yeah, right? i'm half german so i was born in germany yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, you know grew up on a with my uncles on a farm kind of thing and I, I that's where i get all the nature kind of stuff going on so yeah that's that's where all that birding and all that that stuff you know got into my blood yeah so, so i mean it's you've you've obviously i mean you've kind of toured and played all through the u.s europe and everything mm -hmm. i mean wh how, what countries have you not been to yet and you gotten to play i like in? to go to south america and the south southeast asia yeah 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 that was i mean, mean i've been to japan and you know i've played there and and just about all of europe and uh, there's a lot of great countries out there that i'd like to go see mm -hmm. so, yeah yeah there's uh there's still a lot of countries left on my bucket list too. yeah you know i mean getting getting to play in europe you know for the probably first and maybe the last, the last time you know who knows but uh you know last year and stuff was was a huge bucket list goal of mine yeah. you know and uh like i said it's um it's it really is interesting how you know i mean falconry and music really are kind of very similar in that it's it's a lot of its connections and in, mm -hmm. in, in interpersonal relationships mm -hmm. because yeah, I mean, obviously music, I would say even more so than falconry, um, mm -hmm. because I mean, falconry, eventually you can just kind of do by yourself if you want and not have to rely on, you know, yeah, other, other people, people and, and stuff. But music, I mean, yeah, you can do solo gigs and stuff, but you, unless you can play every single instrument yeah. and, and, and all that, you're kind of, you, you have to eventually, whether it be hiring studio musicians or you still yeah. got to interact with other people, yeah. other musicians at some point. And yeah, if you're doing it at a very pro level, you have you're involved with a lot of people yeah yeah whether <laughs> so, you like it or not yeah you have yeah. to and you have to know a lot of people yeah and so. well i mean and, and that's and you know with with the whole framus and warwick relationship mm. and everything i know that's that's been one of the um blessings i should say mm. of, of, of of my life is you know i mean someone like me who who hasn't really done a ton i mean maybe more semi-professionally mm. than professionally but like getting to become friends with and and hang with a lot of guys that that are pros yeah. you know and, and have been doing it yeah, right, for a you living just find out the regular people you yeah know? yeah you, you no, find I mean, things that you have in common with that that's that's the whole thing about ryan the first time i didn't know ryan was into birds so that was that was well, a, I didn't, that, that was I, a real i didn't either <laughs> we would talk about it you know and then he knew i had falcons and he wanted to go out and yeah. so I, this is the first story this is a funny story going out with him <laughs> so I, I i took him out i went to one of my hottest duck, duck spots you know and we had mm. ducks there and I, I put up uh what did i have oh i had a passage my first passage uh peregrine and then of course that was that was the perfect bird too. Everything I start when I first get them, it's like, <laughs> man, this is unbelievable, you know. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, he was great. I could I could do no wrong with that bird. Actually, he he always made me look good. So we were out there and <laughs> we're hunting this tiny tiny pond. I mean, a tiny pond, and it, it's 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 got like a you know berm around it, and you come up on it, and then you see the ducks. They can't see you coming. So I put the bird up, and then he's over the pond, and and there's a couple other falconers that met us there. And we're rushing the pond, and you know, I, and I thought that I thought it was hooded mergansers, you know, and, and I was like, okay, this is gonna be easy. We're gonna we're gonna go up there, and and this is one of the first times, 
that Ryan's been out with me and my first kind of bird experience with Ryan, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. So we're running around, and, and I've got this little tiny tearsel peregrine up in the air, and the ducks aren't getting off the water. <laughs> and we're trying all our best, you know, this like five grown guys trying to get these ducks off the water. And I'm going, man, I can't believe those hoodies aren't getting off. And, and Ryan looks at me, he goes, Bon, I think those are buffle heads. <laughs> so he ID'd those birds before, before I did, because I was, I was all in the heat of the moment. You know how it is when you're... Uh, heat, Ryan knows his that, birds, man. Yeah, he so does. that was kind of funny. And, I, and so I stopped. I mean, I totally stopped trying to flush him, and I, and I just started looking at him, and I was like... Man, you're right. Because <laughs> we had last them far away, you know, and, and then, like I said, you couldn't see the, the, the pond until you got right out. And then by the time we were on them, we were all, everybody was running and trying to do their thing, you know. Yeah. So nobody was really paying attention to what, what was in there except for Ryan. So that was funny. <laughs> yeah, he, um, he's, I, I remember one of the initial, like, conversations that I had after you know, like asking him about that hunting experience with you yeah. and, and what piqued my interest and in everything. Um, we had a couple of, of conversations about that very topic about how he loves birds and, yeah. and he's, and he's growing up loving birds yeah. and, and he used to get books and literally yeah. just, I mean, he loved IDing birds yeah. and he would just spout off all these, the names of all these different species. Yeah, and like, he's, he's good at it. Too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I was just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you know, you're, you're, yeah. You know, you've you've been one of my favorite bass players of, of all time, and never expect you to to be able to, to identify. You know these, yeah. you know, you know, yellow breast ribbon or whatever. You know, just, just spouting off all the, you know, heck, even and he knows a lot about them too. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, it's 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 crazy. But um, you know, I I told him that you know whenever he feels that you know he's at a point in his life you know where he can you know maybe wind down a little bit more with some of the other stuff, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I was just like, man, I don't know. I don't know how you haven't already gotten into this, <laughs> you know, like I, I don't know how you haven't already, yeah. you know, gotten somebody to sponsor you <laughs> and you know, get into all this because you love this stuff so much, yeah. you know, but, but he knows he's very self-aware of, of where he's at, you yeah. know, in, in life, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, it's one of the things I love him for, you know, he's, he's just one of the most real dudes, you know, you can ever yeah. really meet, you know, but, yeah. um, well, he's got other things going on, you know, yeah, and it's yeah. funny that he's got a Vizela and, and, you know, also knows all about birds. Well, it's, and it's, kinda... it's, it's funny because like, you know, I, I was, um, I, <laughs> I credit him partially and you, you know, for all that. And, and he knows, he knows so much about dogs too. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, well, he knows about he and, knows about animal training, animal behavior. Yeah, yeah. So, and yeah. I mean, he's but he's he's done a ton of it. Mm-hmm. And um, and ironically enough, you know, whenever I was doing my initial homework into dogs and stuff, he was one of the people I talked to. Also, mm-hmm. you know, I was kind of getting some general information about species mm-hmm. and stuff, and then. I got my Vizslas and then he was the one that turned around and then asked me, you know, yeah. X amount of years later, just like, you know, how's, how's it work? Like, you know, now that you've had, you know, your Vizslas for a couple, he's like, you know, asking me yeah. my opinion on it and everything, you know, it's just like, like, well, I mean, I, you, I think, you know, even though you're not huge into hunting, you know, one would, would probably, I mean, if you want one, as much as he runs and is as active as he is and everything, I was just like, man, I, I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure you'd love one. Yeah. You know? I mean, he's got a nice dog. Yeah. He? Well, yeah. I mean, and, and he would have a nice dog because mm. he knows how to train yeah, dogs. He knows how to train yeah, animals. I mean, yeah. And you know, his, he's, he's had about every, <laughs> mm. I mean, he experienced with almost every, you know, every type of dog it seems, mm-hmm. but, um, 
and other yeah. animals. Yeah. And saltwater yeah. fish and, yeah. you know, this and that. And yeah. So, but I mean, yeah. you would, it's just, but that's just part of the whole, you know, um, being enriched by the whole interpersonal relationship aspect mm-hmm. of all this stuff, because, you know, seeing old mud vein videos and yeah. like the, you know, back when they first started and everything, you wouldn't expect Mr. Yeah. Mr. Berberding to, well, yeah. <laughs> to, 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 you know, like be this big animal lover and then yeah. have all this stuff, you know, you just never know, yeah. you know, but, uh, yeah, because he said, uh, yeah, I got this friend, John, you know, and I, I told him about this and this guy's going to get into it. I believe me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he came back saying. Yeah. He was like, yeah, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. Yeah. So I, and here you are, you know, yeah, traveling yeah. all over the country and meeting all kinds of people and doing stuff, you know, with Falconry. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's part of the reason, like, you know, like I've said before that, you know, I mean, when I initially approached Israel about doing this, you know, like, I just wanted to be a, a guest. Like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that, you know, I was going to eventually, you know, come to really enjoy being a, another, another host of it and yeah. stuff. But I mean, that's, that's part of the reason why, you know, I mean, to be, to be honest, I mean, you know, me, mm-hmm. you know, pretty well. I mean, like there, there's aspects of the whole interpersonal relationship things that I can live without mm-hmm. and, and, you know, really enjoy also at the same time. But, um, you know, I, I this was, this was, um, a, like kind of multiple birds with, with one stone, no, you know, pun intended, mm-hmm. um, aspect of me to be able to meet people that I normally wouldn't get to meet, you know, right. and, and, and if, if they're willing, maybe get to know a little bit, you know, maybe become friends with, I mean, yeah. whatever the case may be. But I mean, it's, um, you know, it's, it's just another thing of, um, another avenue, you know, that, uh, well, I mean, didn't, didn't used to exist. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, back in your day, obviously there, there wouldn't have been any way that anybody would be sitting in a hotel room after, yeah. <laughs> after an all night show or whatever, you know, like, you know, having a podcast about Falcon. <laughs> there, there, there was just books. There wasn't even the internet yet. Yeah, you know? I mean, it wasn't just, internet. But I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like we were talking about, uh, last night, you know, just, it's kind of, you know, if you don't start kind of establishing, you know, that kind of narrative and, you know, kind of, um, showing people, you know, that, that don't know what this is all about and, uh, you know, introducing them in constructive ways, you know, showing them like all the positive aspects about this kind of stuff. then you know, you just don't want it to turn into a negative, you mm-hmm. know? And, uh, you know, I mean, getting to talk to a very wide, diverse group of people, you know, um, is, is a way, you know, to do that. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's just, and, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's been enjoyable, very enjoyable for me. You know, I mean, I, uh, I hope I get to keep doing it and hope yeah. I can keep affording to do it, yeah. you know, but, uh, but well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of Falcons across the United States and all different areas, you know, that are doing different things, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, so, I mean, if, is there, is there anything, uh, I kind of like to ask this question to, to guys that have been, especially guys that have been doing it forever too. But I mean, is there anything that you haven't done yet that you still want to do? Uh, not really. I'm really enjoying, you know, what I do. I mean, going out West and, you know, trying to catch chickens and, and sage grouse and all that stuff. It, that's, if you're not living out there and, and having a bird that's out there and, you know it's 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 really tough so it's not something that you can you know constantly do i mean i I do what i do in my areas and that's why i live where i live and and have the birds that i have because of the prey species that are there and um i i can't think of a a bird i really would (laughs) like to you know would would like to try 
yeah. anymore. It really is just now starting to hit me though how much of a not an, an anomaly you you kind of really are in this whole thing. It's like you know it seems like so you were telling me the story last night too about like one of the first times out with the Falcon and out west and everything you you got to sage your house like yeah the very first very very first the Hawking trip when sage grouse camping out there in Wyoming and or it might have been northern Colorado Wyoming and northern in uh, on BLM land. And being out there in a pole tent for for two weeks with a buddy, and we both had uh, peels falcons. I had a, a brown female uh, female peels, and he had an intermude female peer appeals, so they were huge, you know. And uh, it was just luck, just total total luck, you know. The bird was chasing a sage grouse on on out, and then on its way back, a, a a hen flushed, and she just came in and just stuck to it like glue <laughs> and took it down. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's it's so funny so, though, because like you know, you 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 <laughs> have good luck with the first ever Cooper's yeah. hawk that you fly. You you have a uh, good luck the first time you go yeah. in and hey, hey, you know, hunt yeah, with this and with this passage and I just let go. You know, it's it, <laughs> it just it cracks me up. You know, some I I think though to some extent though that that all of us that, that get into this, um, you know, we all obviously go through those stages of, mm-hmm. of good and bad luck. But oh yeah, I but had a horrible year last last year. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. How was it? How was it horrible in particular? Just well, I, I came off from <clears throat> excuse me having a passage, flying, flying a passage peregrine um, for five years, and then getting a new one. And uh, my schedule was messed up last year, so I was out on the road, and I I actually took the bird with me all over the country and snuck him into hotels and <laughs> went to Chicago. <laughs> See, I'd, I'd be stuck here because this place doesn't have a refrigerator in here. And so right. I was lucky enough to have a place with a refrigerator in it every night and, yeah. you know, put the bird out on a, on a, on a perch in the middle of the room. And nobody ever knew I had that bird in, in those hotels. Yeah. You know, uh, that was out in Indiana, Chicago. I mean, just all over the place we went that last year. So that kind of, it, the, the horrible part about it is the timing was all off, you know, it right. Was, it set me back, and and then I couldn't get into the swing of things, and, and then I was starting off a you know a new bird, and, and the game came later. It, it was just a, a mishmash of variables that. Right. You know, I was just used to going out and and having a bird that was like, you know, already doing it with me. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and it's it's weird too because like sometimes you'll have those. Sometimes you'll you'll have those. Um, sometimes you'll 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 have those off years where, mm-hmm. you know, like. Um, well, I mean, just to give you an example, like, so, you know, some of the rabbits that we've already caught have, have still been like pregnant. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it's, and it's, it's been, it's been amazing how many still very tiny rabbits we've wow. been seeing this time of year. I mean, yeah. it's, huh. you know how late, I mean, that's, that's yeah. weird, you yeah. know? I mean, so on one hand, it's kind of cool because when you think about it, you know, that means that they've, yeah, these rabbits have been continuing to, yeah, it's, it's going to be growing. a good, good year for rabbits, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's just like, you know, you, you don't really, it's, it's, it's just so late, you mm-hmm. know, but, uh, I don't know. You, you just, you never know. And you yeah. just, obviously something you never have any control over. And if you either can adapt to it or you can't, you know, so, yeah. but I've been there too, man. I mean, you've, you've heard, <laughs> you, you know how, how some of the luck I've run into. I mean, but, yeah. uh, you know, well, like I see the other thing it's year by year, yeah. you know, and it's, it's up to, to this, to the situations and the circumstances of that year yeah you know yeah for sure so. no i i agree man well i mean 
it's uh you know i'm glad i went ahead and decided to to suck it up and, and go ahead and swing down mm-hmm. you know last night and everything it's always it's always great getting to to hang out with you and ryan and yeah. you know you do you guys are uh and, and mitch and you know you some of my my favorite people you know and and uh it's it's always cool getting to uh you know talk shop about yeah. you know music and falconry at the same time yeah. and everything and and um so i mean for for people that that aren't aware um of soften the glare mm-hmm. and everything uh, we're tell them where they can uh they can listen to this amazing stuff that you guys have going <laughs> well, on you know we have a new we have a new record out that'll be coming out by the end of the year mm-hmm. and you know of course we're on on facebook and and uh you know Bandcamp and cd baby and all those platforms are as far as selling stuff but you can find out everything about the band on on facebook you know going just to the facebook page yeah yeah no i mean it's just like uh it, it is very cool stuff you know it's um hmm. it's different you know i mean for i i know for a fact that there's some guys um that i know that that have listened to obviously Mudvayne and and stuff and i mean obviously this <clears throat> this stuff is not that but yeah i mean there's a lot of i mean to be totally honest i mean i, I grew up a metalhead and i hmm. grew up you know ryan was one of my main influences mm-hmm. you know on bass and everything and like and so getting to become friends with him and get to know him like i have has been has been awesome but at the same time it's like it's been cool seeing him progress and transition from mm-hmm. what he used to do to what he's doing now yeah. and soften the glare and uh I'll, i mean I, i've dug you guys' stuff since mm-hmm. you know i mix those you know the 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 solo stuff for it you know and and, and yeah yeah yeah. and and uh and so you know it's it's always cool getting to come down and hang out and and i appreciate you uh you know taking the time to spend an hour with me you know just getting out of bed and getting some coffee and before the the inevitable waffle house trip and long drive home and everything to to do this as well so but um cool man well i mean thanks and you know like oh, I said, it's, it's always it's always it's always so much fun you know getting mm-hmm. to hang out so but um we'll uh we'll coordinate a, a get together at some point this season yeah um you know we'll make it happen yeah for sure it's been it's been too long yeah you know in, in the in the in the making so but uh anyway um let's go get some uh some waffles and stuff here in a, in a minute and uh we and, gotta get the other guys up yeah first. yeah well <laughs> although they're they're pretty good about it yeah well <laughs> Let's go do that and uh, have, right. a, have a safe drive home, man. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thanks. thanks, man. It's always a great time seeing Bon and Ryan and those guys and getting to talk shop with uh, Bon and Ryan about music and also uh, about falconry is always a good time and I'm always glad when it works out. So I'm happy to be able to record this episode for you all and hope you enjoyed it. Um, soften the glare. Search them on Facebook check out their stuff they've got a record out and another one coming out real soon so i think you all will enjoy it and uh thanks again to bond for letting us use the music in the episode and um thank you again to marshall for the sponsorship and partnership and and also um to you all as always for listening so be sure to tune in next week and we will see you all soon